0: Hello, scum. Thank you for letting me be inside your head. I must say I like it here. It's quiet. Once all the other voices you have flying about. stoss. Now that it's just me and you, let me introduce myself. My name is Piano Teeth, and I have no skin. None at all. So I live down here, in the dark, with Jasper the Toad, who doesn't want to say hello. Very rude, Jasper. Yes, hang your head. I have to spend a lot of time in the bath, soaking my skinless body in all manner of potions. And while I'm there, I drink bleach to pass the time. After a bottle or two, I feel my brain start to melt. And before I can do anything, I am plunged through darkness and thrown into a story. Different every time. And once I've come round and put my head back together again, I decided to share these fabulous tales with you. Which is why I'm here, right between between your ears. ears. Hmm. But let's not get stuck on the details. There'll be plenty of time to get to know each other more, if you so wish. Let's get on with it, shall we? This story is called Steve, the Accidental Hero. This is a story about how a perfectly ordinary man became the greatest hero of them all. Steve didn't look like a hero. At all. Heroes are big and muscly. Steve was skinny. Heroes like weapons and lifting things. Steve liked books and whittling things. Heroes like downing pints and quests. Steve liked drinking cups of tea and sitting beneath his favourite tree on the hill, which is where we find him now having a snooze, his pale, skinny legs cooking in the midday sun. He woke up, terrified, not just because of the sunburn, but also because he heard a voice, talking about his pale, skinny legs. He looked around, trying to see who it was that kept describing his weak, pathetic body. But he couldn't see anyone, but he kept hearing that voice. He got up, looking around for it. But there was no one there, just an empty sky above him, held up by the rolling green hills of his homeland, dotted with trees and scratched with dirt paths. Who's there? he called out. But the voice just kept on describing the scenery in far more poetic language than he ever thought about it. It began talking about him and his uneventful life, and how today was going to be different. How after today, his life was never going to be the same again. What do you mean it's never going to be the same again? he asked. Worried now, and he should be. Because his life was never going to be the same again. You've already said that, said Steve to no one. Scared. And well, he should be, because his life was never going to be the same again. What the? When all of a sudden, he saw a horse galloping towards him, with an old man sat on it, shouting his name. It was his neighbour, old Tom. Always had a smile on his face and a pocket full of sweets. Nice guy. Where'd you get the horse? Steve asked, but old Tom wasn't smiling now. He dismounted and threw himself on Steve. Kaizen the fucker's attacked the village. Who's Kaizen the fucker? asked Steve. The most evil warlord that ever walked the land. He swore vengeance on your parents after your father killed his brother. Steve was unaware that any warlords were operating in the area, or that his parents were locked in a blood feud, or that his dad had killed a man. Everyone's dead, Steve, said old Tom. Kaizen broke through my magic protection spell. Yes, I'm a wizard, Steve. Get over it. They're all dead, Steve. Everyone back home that you grew up with, that you loved. What about... what about mum and dad? Old Tom slapped him in the face. Especially your mum and dad. Don't cry. Fine. Cry a little bit. But listen, Kaizan will not rest until he's killed you as well. Then the prophecy is complete, and he will rule the world, and not in a good way. Steve was confused. What prophecy? The prophecy, Steve! I don't have time to explain your destiny. Here, take this! Steve was nearly knocked off his feet as old Tom threw him a long leather bag. It was heavy. Steve opened it, peering inside. Blue steel winked back at him. It was a sword, a really cool-looking sword. That was your father's sword, Steve. He gave it to me before he died, to give to you. Use it well. Did he... did he have any last words? Steve asked, choking back his tears. Yes. He said, fuck, I'm on fire. Fuck, 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 fuck. Shit. Give this to Steve. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Ah, fuck. It's too much. I'm burning. Kill me now, Tom. Fuck. Fuck, please. Please kill me now. Oh. Old Tom put an arm round a bawling Steve. Do I... Do I have to fight Kaizen now? Asked Steve. No, said old Tom. He will kill you. You're gonna go to Adoy. She's a witch, lives on an island far away from here. She'll train you up to be a warrior. The horse knows the way, don't you? The horse lit a cigarette and nodded, and so Steve heaved himself up into the saddle. You're not coming, he asked old Tom. No, said the wizard. I'm going to hold these bastards off. And as soon as he said that the whole sky was filled with a scream that shook the world right down to his bones there was a great thundering and lightning cracked as a shadowy horde appeared on the hilltop it was ever so dramatic rah at their front wreathed in smoke was a monstrous figure dressed in black armor from head to toe between its legs swung a huge dick and in its hands was a huge double-headed dick-shaped Burning eyes stared straight at Steve through a helmet that was also very much shaped like a dick. Kaizan. Steve growled, feeling red-hot anger rush through his body. Kazan roared, and a swarm of evil creatures rushed down the hill towards them. You can't fight all of them, Steve said to old Tom. They'll kill you. I'll take as many of them as I can, the wizard replied, walking towards the screaming mob. Are you... Are you sacrificing yourself for me? Steve asked. Aw, oh, that's really nice. Goodbye, Steve, he called back. And as Steve galloped away, he stopped, looking back as old Tom stood in the pathway to face the evil screaming horde charging towards him. Holding out his arms, two crackling blue orbs of light appeared in his hands, and with a shout of, You shall not get "'Past me!' He slammed them into the floor, causing the earth to break apart in a huge crack that split the ground before him, plunging the horde into the hole. Old Tom, with a final cry of, "'Run, you cunt!' was dragged down into the hole with them. And as his army fell into the crack, Steve watched as Kaizan pointed at him and shouted, "'I'm gonna kill you, Steve. "'But first, I'm going to fuck you!' "'Do it then!' shouted Steve, who instantly realized that was a bad comeback given the threat, but before he could regret it, the horse was off, galloping through the forests, the trees whizzing past as they leapt over roots. "'There's that voice again,' thought Steve, as the forest became a lush, open plain, where the clouds raced against them. "'That voice that keeps describing things,' he thought, as dark mountains loomed high above them, the peaks hidden by fog." It's literally narrating what I'm seeing, he rasped through cracked lips as the horse's hooves sunk into the sands of an arid desert. In a really overly descriptive way, he whispered as they hid from a hungry polar bear behind an igloo. What's going on? he shouted in the face of a waiter as they charged through the streets of Paris. Everything was fine until this voice showed up, thought Steve. When suddenly, the horse came screaming to a halt as they reached the end of the land and looked down on a sheer cliff face. Through the mist was an island. Waves crashed below. How do I get to it? Steve asked the horse, who lit a cigarette and pointed at a sign. It read, Those that truly want to know must first make a leap of faith. What? So I've got to jump across the fucking sea? but the horse pointed to the sign behind the first sign which read, For deliveries, please use bridge to the left. Once safely over the bridge, Steve made his way across the island. Searching for this mysterious witch, all the while he kept hearing this voice, describing the floating orbs of light that lit the way through the dew-soaked grass, flanked by trees whose branches were bent and twisted like the gnarled fingers of a hand. How he was watched by the still eyes of stone statues, the heads of long-forgotten warriors and poets, monarchs now crumbling away in time. This is mental. Steve said. No one thinks like this. It's like being in a story, like I'm the character in a... When suddenly he staggered into a clearing, in the middle of which sat with her back to him a little round old lady on a stump. She had a tangled knot of hair and a brown smock. Welcome, she said, not turning round. Let me guess, another would-be warrior looking for training. Go on then, tell me your story. A nemesis to defeat, a death to avenge, a prophecy to fulfill. Er, uh, yeah, all of those things. And so Steve told her. Well, he tried to tell her, but he couldn't actually hear himself telling her. All he heard was that voice, talking about how he told her. And so, now I'm here, said Steve, ready to be trained. Hmm, Adoy pondered. Yeah, yeah, you have all the requirements to be on a hero's journey. You got the first bit anyway. Did you bring your own weapon? Yeah, my father's sword. Ha! <laughs> Classic. And with that, doy span round, sizing up Steve with twinkly green eyes. Oh, you're skinny, aren't you? Right, let's get you trained up then. Bam, 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 bam. Bam, bam. Uh, uh, right, okay, my name's Steve, by the way. Don't do names. Not anymore. No, nope. the amount of heroes that have come this way, I'm bored of it, Simon. Bored of it. Right, come on, she said, lighting a cigarette. Let's crack on with this montage. Bam, 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 bam. bam. And so Steve found himself doing press ups, then sit ups, then running, then waking up early, failing a task, getting annoyed with the doy, lifting weights, hitting things, more press ups, better sit ups, quicker running, laughing with the doy, heavier weights, bigger arms, better with the sword, easy press ups, really good at hitting things, nearly doing the task, enjoying waking up early, running really good now, very strong, overcoming the main task from the beginning, a doy's respect. Steve was now ready. You're now ready, Simon. Go. Go from this island and fight, um, who was it? What was his name? Kaisen the fucker, oh yeah, go on, crack on with your destiny, lad. I'll wait for the next mug to come this way. Why don't you stop doing this? said Steve. You clearly don't want to do it anymore. Oh, Simon, she said, lighting a cigarette. Have you not worked it out yet? The mysterious voice. There are forces at work here beyond your understanding. If you knew, blow your fucking mind. Go on, off you go. Bam! Bam, bam, bam. Bam, Bam-bam-bam! 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 What force is at work? shouted Steve, as Adoy began to fade into the mist. I know what you mean about the voice! Tell me more, Adoy, Please! But suddenly, Steve was back on the horse, charging across the land. He no longer listened to the voice which described the scenery changing all about him, the perilous journey, the various battles he fought along the way. He arrived at Kaizen the fucker's dark tower. It stabbed up into the grey sky like a big cock. It looked like your classic evil lair Fire, smoke, imposing decor, all that good stuff. I shouldn't be here, said Steve, as he made his way to the entrance, readying himself to fight the goblins that came streaming out of the doorway, snarling at him with fanged mouths. None of this started happening till I heard that voice, he thought as he began hacking his way through the soldiers. I mean, I really don't want to be here, he said, as he plunged his sword into a goblin's throat. This is horrible, as blood splattered all over his face. Fucking hell, he cried over the moans of the dying, looking at the carnage of broken limbs and headless bodies behind him. Sulking, he made his way up the twisting narrow stairs, killing any foe that came in his path until he came to the top of the tower, where Kaizan the fucker stood, wearing full armour, a cape billowing behind as he whirled the axe above his head and spinning his dick round in circles. Flames erupted at either side, and a dramatic musical score was coming from somewhere. Steve, he said. Kaizan, Steve replied, readying his sword for this epic battle. With a roar, The two charged. The clash of steel rang out as their blades locked. I'm going to kill you. Then I'm going to fuck you. Just like I did your parents, shouted Kaizan, bringing his axe down at Steve's neck. That's disgusting, Steve said, parrying the blow. Did you really do that? No, said Kaizan, advancing on Steve, making his axe sing through the air. No, I would never... Then why say it? said Steve as he lunged forward. I didn't. It's not me, replied Kaizan, wrestling Steve to the floor. It's this voice. It makes me. it makes me do things. My God, yeah, I can hear it too, said Steve as he wrenched Kaizan's hands from his throat and kicked him away. Describing everything that I do. It's ruined my life. It's like being being in a a story, story, they said together. Steve stopped punching Kaizan and grabbed the sword, holding it above his deadly foe. With a swing, he sliced down on... With a swing, he sliced down on... With a swing, he sliced... No, said Steve, as he reached down, grabbing Kaizen's hand. Come on, we're getting out of this story. Kaizen grabbed his axe. We have to find the storyteller. Follow me. Holding Steve's hand, he leapt off the tower the earth coming up to meet them fast. But just as they were about to hit the ground, a giant seagull came swooping from nowhere, catching them on his back. How did you know? shouted Steve as they flew through the air. If there's a storyteller telling a story, then there's an audience listening to it, Kaizen shouted over the noise of a great thunderstorm that suddenly erupted in the sky about them. The story has to have a satisfying ending, or the audience will murder the storyteller. Right, said Steve, readying himself to fight the dragon that came swooping towards them. So this storyteller is probably frantically trying to find a way of ending us before we get to them. Exactly, screamed Kaizan as they crashed through a giant black wave that rose from the sea. Well, I want a happy ending, shouted Steve as the edge of the world came into sight. Holding their breath, they plunged off the edge of that world and came crashing through into another. Lights and sound erupted below them, and they swooped down onto a grey concrete land, running with rivers of cars. The voice is getting nearer, said Steve, as they ran past windows, peering inside, until they found what they were looking for in the dark. They saw a man in a bowler hat, with no skin, sat with a microphone talking into people's ears they kicked down his door and burst in waving their weapons about their heads stop Stop this this! they shouted at the storyteller who backed away from them stop Stop this this now! now steve grabbed hold of the microphone do you have any idea what you're doing yeah you you listening now you're having a nice time are you thought you'd have a listen to a merry tale an adventure while you go about your day Do you you know, do you know what I have been through? Do you know what it's like being in a story? What's wrong with you? All of you? I should kill your parents, make you fight an army, see how you feel. My parents are dead now. They're not just some inciting incident. They're my mum and dad. Yeah, and I had to fuck them. I thought you didn't. Well, I did a bit. He made me said Kaizan, pointing at the storyteller who was backing away, terrified. Right, said Steve, grabbing the storyteller and putting a sword to their throat. What do you want? asked the storyteller. We want a happy ending, said Steve. Me and Kaizan here, the works, all good, no bad, the happiest of endings that you can possibly imagine, and for all of your listeners, all of these people... To never listen to a story again. It's evil and it's cruel. All right, fine, said the storyteller. Please, just just let me go. You can have it all. The best ending I can possibly imagine. Nothing bad will ever happen to you again, I promise. Satisfied with this, Steve let him go. (sighs) Thank you. And with a nod to Kaizan, they left. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Where they went outside. And they got on the back of the giant seagull, smiling, ready to fly off and live their happy ending, when they got hit by a bus and died. Because it's my fucking story. My story. Mine. Anyway, WTF. Wow, what an adventure. And please, don't stop listening to my stories. The nasty man is dead now. You're safe. Don't worry. Well, I can't believe we've come to an end. Time flies when you're in someone's mind, eh? Right. It's my bath ready, Jasper. Good toad. I've got a new Miles Davis record I want to listen to. Bitch's Brew is called. What are you doing tonight? No plans? Want to, um. Want to hop in the bath with me? Listen to Bitch's Brew and drink some bleach. Nice and relaxing. Come on. Come and have a bath with me and Miles Davis. Me, you, Bitch's Brew, bottle of bleach, a bath. Good toad. Right then, my nasty darlings, until next time. Oh, actually, before I go, I thought I'd share the secret to happiness with you. I got it from a very old woman from Mopalop. It's a knowledge that her people have guarded for millennia, and she is the last one. And last night, I went to visit her, because she was dying, you see. And her dying wish was that I pass on the message, because, and I don't say this lightly, A great evil is coming to destroy the Earth. And all of us. And happiness is the only way we can fight it. But once you share it, then that's it. You forget the secret is gone forever. That's its magic. And only the right sort of people can know. Well, she's trusted me and I trust all of you. It's really simple, actually. All you have to do is